I'm Dr. Deepak Bhatt, editor of the Journal of Invasive Cardiology, and I'm here for a podcast with my good friend, Dr. Manos Berlakis, who is director of Complex Coronary Artery Disease Intervention at Minneapolis Heart Institute. Welcome, Manos. Thanks again, Deepak. Thanks for having me today. Well, you had a really interesting paper, I should say, you and your very a talented group of co-authors, a really nice paper in Journal of Invasive Cardiology. It was a systematic review and meta-analysis of patients undergoing CTO or chronic total occlusion, PCI. Uh, maybe you can just tell the audience what the methodology was, that is, what sort of studies were included and what was the bottom line finding? Sure. No, absolutely. And again, thanks very much for publishing the paper. It was actually a lot uh, of work and uh, you know, I'm very um, you know, proud of um, Baha Simpson, who was the first author or fellow who worked really hard to get all the data. But to summarize, this was a systematic review and meta-analysis of uh, the studies that examined the outcomes, the clinical outcomes after CTO-PCI, both observational studies as well as randomized control trials. And actually, there were quite a few of them. The total number of studies were 58. Uh, 33 of them were observational of successful versus failed CTO-PCI. There were 19 that were observational of CTO-PCI versus non-CTO-PCI. And then there were six randomized control trials. So the challenge in the field, and I'm sure in many other fields as well, is that we do have a lot of observational retrospective studies, but we don't have quite as many randomized control trials. So most of the data we have is actually based on these observational studies that do have a significant selection bias. Having said that, what was found is when it comes to clinical outcomes in terms of myocardial infarction, major adverse events, overall mortality, cardiac death, the event rate was much lower with CTO intervention in the observational studies, but there was no significant difference when we looked at the randomized control trials. There was a trend for MACE, but again, overall, no statistical significance between uh, the CTO-PCI versus non-CTO-PCI in the randomized control trials. And there are two ways to think of this. One is that you know, maybe there is no effect, maybe CTO-PCI, which is mainly done for stable or chronic coronary syndromes, I should say, does not really change the clinical outcomes or hard outcomes, death MI or uh, stroke or revascularization. The other way to think about it is that we're probably underpowered. The number of studies is small. The studies were prematurely terminated. And maybe that is why we did not really see a potential impact on uh, MACE. Yeah, these are really great points. And again, I've got to commend you and your co-authors. There's over 50,000 patients included in the analysis. And uh, as you mentioned, there were observational randomized clinical trials, a bit of a dichotomy in terms of the finding. Even among the observational studies, some were successful versus failed CTO-PCI. Some were observational studies looking at CTO-PCI versus no CTO-PCI. And, you know, the ones in particular successful versus failed CTO-PCI, and I've got to confess, I've been a co-author on some sorts of analyses like that in the past too. But, you know, one might really wonder, I mean, that could be said of any procedure. That is, if you compare the people that had a successful procedure versus ones who had a failed one, well, of course, the ones that have a successful one are going to do better among any number of metrics. So I, I think really this analysis calls for the need for more in the way of data, but in particular, really randomized controlled trials. And, you know, there are uh, trials going on, as you are very well aware, including some sham controlled ones. Uh, my own sense is it's unlikely that they're going to show a benefit on hard outcomes if in large trials we haven't seen benefits on hard outcomes 
just in patients with stable coronary artery disease in general, but you know, potentially other important patient-related factors like quality of life, uh, exercise capacity, things like that. Again, if the trial is uh, rigorously done and in particular sham controlled might uh, provide some insights into what the real value is of CTO-PCI. What are your thoughts about ongoing studies in the field? Yes, and I'm completely with you in that respect that there's limited studies. Interestingly enough, the UK group, the Orbiter group, the same group that did the Orbiter study, is actually in the final stages of planning of doing a sum control study. Actually, we did have one called Science CTO a few years back. We actually stopped it because of issues with COVID and funding during the, during the pandemic. But again, the Orbiter group is planning to start a SAM control CTO PCI drugs. I think it will be very, very useful because that will give a definitive answer to what I think many of us believe that CTOPCI does provide significant symptomatic patients, especially in the more complex patients. And the one other comment I think I should make is that the problem with randomized trials, and, and one of our problem fellows, Mike Megali, put this in a second intervention paper, is that the really sick patients, the symptomatic, the heavily symptomatic patients, unfortunately, they don't go in the studies. Because they are so symptomatic, they really don't want to take a chance of being in the control group. So typically, that actually dilutes potentially some of the benefit in the more symptomatic patients. Yeah, in terms of the... Point. I mean, it's a great point, but you know, it's sort of a curse in procedural trials, right, where they say the same thing about mechanical support, that if only we'd enrolled the sickest patients, the trial would have been positive, or even the trials of stable angina, or, you know, the ones of multivessel disease, where if we'd only, or the ones of ischemia, if only we'd enroll the really sick ones. But the, the challenge, of course, is then, you know, it doesn't really move the randomized clinical trial needle. It still keeps uh, practice in a sort of non-evidence-based, faith-based place. And, and you know, then it, it makes things challenging because really the field doesn't advance, right? I mean, it's a matter of, well, I, I always believe this thing. Now there's a randomized clinical trial, but I'm going to still keep doing what I believe because it's what I believe, you know? Yeah, no, completely agree with you. And of course, that's an excuse as well. But I think there's some reality to it too, that I guess it is a situation, but the mesodomatic patients are less likely to be conducive. But you're absolutely right. We do need some good-sized uh, trials, both for symptoms, but also for MACE. And there are actually two ongoing studies, ischemia CTO, noble CTO. The problem with those is that the results are not expected until several years down the line. So in the next three or four years, unfortunately, we're not going to have any more randomized data to help our decision-making. Yeah, no, I think it's like in all things in medicine, we operate in an imperfect world. We don't have all the data now. By the time the data come, there's always going to be critiques that it's outdated because, oh, maybe they didn't use imaging in everybody. I use imaging in everyone in my practice. Therefore, this negative trial doesn't apply. To my so, you know, it's predictable actually how things will play out. And probably, you know, practice will end up, you know, people will keep doing what they believe in and what they, you know, sincerely think help their patients. Uh, unless, of course, third-party payers get involved, then that could change everything if they actually do start demanding, you know, high-quality evidence before they reimburse for things. But, you know, who knows what the future will hold. But uh, nevertheless, I think CTO intervention is proliferating. There's a lot of interest in you've contributed an immense amount to the field and the development of, of many of these advanced techniques. And for sure, there are some patients that are highly symptomatic where it's pretty evident that they do benefit from CTO intervention. So, you know, thanks so much for sharing your insights. Any uh, final words on this paper or on the field of CTO intervention in general? No, I, I have to say again, I would like to thank you also in general for basic cardiology. I think 
this is one of the go-to journals for looking at the field of CTO. A lot of uh, technical innovations have come through the Journal of Invasive Cardiology. So again, thanks for being you know, so uh, friendly and hospitable to this evolving field. And I think we've come a long way, as you said. The field has evolved quite a bit and will continue to evolve. And I think the outcomes now are much better than they were a few years back. So thank you so yeah. much. Absolutely agree with all those points. The field has come a tremendous way. And, and again, you've been a large part of that journey. Well, thank you so much for joining. I hope the audience has enjoyed this Journal of Invasive Cardiology podcast with Dr. Manos Spalakis.